You're listening to the Health Coach Careers Podcast, brought to you by Wellpreneur. Learn what it's really like to be a health coach in these interviews with real, successful health coaches. These interviews originally aired on the Wellpreneur Podcast, and they're hosted by me, Wellpreneur founder, Amanda Cook. I hope they give you inspiration and insight into planning your own health coaching career. Are you thinking about becoming a health coach? I know it's a big decision. I know I had a lot of questions, fears, and excitement when I took the leap to become a health coach while I was still working full-time. That's why I've created a free health coach decision kit to help you decide if it's the right next step for you. Download the decision kit at wellpreneur.com slash decision kit. Hi, Marla. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Hi, Amanda. So great to be here. Marla, you and I are both like two displaced Americans because (laughs) I'm here in London and you now live in Sydney and you said you've been there for a long time. 17 years. Absolutely. Awesome. Good for you. Well, you don't sound Aussie yet. Not quite yet. (laughs) No, I don't think I ever will. (laughs) So Marla, I really wanted to have you on the podcast because as I was doing some research for successful health coaches to interview, you came up as what's called the original health coach in Australia. (laughs) And I was digging into your story and you were actually the first Institute for Integrative Nutrition grad in Australia and the first health coach to start practicing there. Yes, I was. So I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to have you on and talk about how you got started and how you especially went into a market where nobody knew about health coaching and got going Mm -hmm. with it. So why don't we start off by just sharing a bit of your story about how you got started doing this? Absolutely. I started to be a registered dietitian about 25 years ago, and I found it really uninspiring. So it was very much boring based on calories per day, and it didn't resonate for me. So I unfortunately couldn't pursue it at the time. And I went into a career in marketing. And when I was going through a bit of a transition, I started looking different things and I stumbled upon integrative nutrition, which of course I loved, but of course it was based in New York. But I was so fortunate because just at the time that I started to look at it, it was the first online program. And so I jumped on it. They had me at hello. I was so excited. And You know, the minute I heard bioindividuality, I was in. So, you know, I'm based in London. And one thing that comes Mm -hmm. up a lot, I'm uh, part of this group of health coaches that meets up here in London. and, And something that we hear quite a bit and that I hear from people across Europe is, well, like health coaching is great in America because mm. everyone's used to paying for their health care and, you know, everyone knows what health coaches are. They're really established, but that's not going to work here. It's so much harder mm-hmm. because people just don't know what it is. And we've got government health care. So mm. this is what I want to dig into with you. Great. How did you do it? How did you get started being the first person in Australia to do health coaching seven years ago? Yeah, look, to say I didn't struggle would be a lie. And to say that I was always confident wouldn't be true either, I think. But I I knew in my core, like I, I truly, I really believe like every ounce of my being that health coaching really is the way forward. That, you know, working with people individually, giving them that support and accountability can make such a difference in their lives. And I mean, obviously I've done it now with, you know, hundreds of clients and I love it. It was just that belief that knowing that with that extra attention would make a difference. And so I just kept talking about what I did. And, you know, I came to be known in first in my community and then just circle got bigger and bigger of where I was known. So what was that like? So you finished IIN and then Mm -hmm. where did you even start back then? Because like you were saying, we were chatting before the call. It's not like you had social media to hop onto. (laughs) No, we didn't. There was no Facebook. There was no Instagram. You couldn't post pictures of what you were doing. You could barely text. 
And really, I just wanted to be known in my community. So I started to work in a couple of gyms and I would do some talks and then I would do some workshops. I got really involved with the school. Again, you know, before, you know, gained my practice and when I had more free time in my hand, I approached the principal of the school. My kids were in primary at the time. And I said, look, I'd love to support the school in areas of, you know, nutrition and wellness. If there's anything I can do, just let me know. And he thought about it and he said, you know, every year we do a fundraiser and we have like an a-thon. Sometimes it's a read-a-thon or it's an Olympathon. He says, maybe we could do something in the area of health and wellness. And I said, well, that sounds great. He goes, what if we did a health-a-thon? And I said, yeah, a health-a-thon, that sounds fantastic. Let's do it. He says, okay, come back to me in a week with some ideas. And so I did what every other, you know, resourceful mother does. I went home, I called up a couple of friends and I said, okay, help me out here. And it was really incredible. So what we did was in the matter, over a course of two weeks, we came up with all sorts of activities for the kids. And we reached out and we found out there were yoga instructors and meditation teachers. And there were, you know, we got all these volunteers and we had two workshops every day and they were all optional. So we would have a gardening workshop. We would have a picnic in the park, a smoothie workshop. You know, I did, you know, nutrition 101. We did dance and Tai Chi and laughter workshop, uh, drumming workshop. And it was everything around wellness. And it was really cool. So over the course of two weeks, the kids, if they came to these optional talks, they would get a sticker. And, you know, primary kids, they loved it. And so what they would do is they would get a sticker each time they came to an event and they would get something called house points, which is like kind of a competition that's run throughout the year with sports and all that sort of stuff. Cost me a total of 10 bucks put out a lot of goodwill. And we had kids doing amazing stuff. As a result of it, I kind of became this beacon of wellness. Everybody wanted to tell me when they're, you know, they were having a story, oh, I've just been diagnosed with gluten-free or anything that had to do with food and nutrition and wellness, I became the kind of beacon for it. And everyone wanted to talk to me about it. And we created this amazing space and opportunity for people to kind of step up their game. And like, as a result, afterwards, we built a garden at the school. The canteen was totally revamped and now it's all beautiful and healthy food. And people just became more aware and more accountable to each other. And it was fantastic. So I still get people to this day, six years later, that kind of were introduced to me through that health-a-thon. Mm-hmm. And I love that because it actually started off really simply just with an idea, right? That you were talking about the school. And then in a mm-hmm. way, you become through organizing that event and getting involved in that, then you become that center hub for wellness information. So people start to think of you as the expert. Mm -hmm. Yep, 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 exactly. So I've gotten heaps of clients as a result of that, which isn't why I did it. (laughs) But it was, you know, it was a great, great outcome. You know, I'm really glad you shared that story because I think sometimes people have this idea like, oh, well, I want to run my business just online. So therefore I can only find clients online. Like I just have to start Mm. blogging, blah, blah, blah. But actually, or people say, I want to have like a huge international business or a nationwide business. And so they Mm -hmm. start immediately thinking huge. Whereas basically what you've shown is you, what if you start right in your community? And become the expert there. Like you could Mm -hmm. still work with those clients remotely via Skype if you wanted. And then they're going to refer people and it's going to grow. And you can still have that kind of business that you want. But like, why Mm -hmm. not just start with what's around you? Yeah, I agree. Because, um, you know, we've all got communities. So why don't we all reach out into our communities? And what you do is by doing that, you set up a really good foundation for what you want to do. You know, you're working with, you know, people who are vegetarian or moms who are struggling to feed their kids or 
you know, all these real life scenarios. And if they're big enough, then you can go from there. But I like to set the foundation of getting like my health coaching skills, you know, really clear and refined. And that to me was the best way to do it. So how did you move from organizing that event to actually Mm -hmm. getting your first one-on-one clients? It's just about talking to people. So you might have a conversation, let's say, with a fellow mom who says, you know, I'm really struggling. I'm a vegetarian. I'm just tired all the time and I'm just eating too much sugar. Okay. And they generally like they'll say things like, oh, you know, I should really work with you. Yeah, you should. (laughs) (laughs) How many times listeners have you heard that? Like, I think we've all heard that. (laughs) Oh, I should work with you. But then exactly. So then what do you do to take that? Yeah, you take your phone out and you you look at your schedule and you've got certain times of the week. Maybe it's Mondays from one to three that you might do a, I call it like instead of a health health history, I call healthy check-in. Like that's the time where you do your client development work and you set the time and date right then and there. So don't let it slip away. Yeah. You've got to be proactive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one thing that comes up quite a bit is this idea of well, people don't know what a health coach is. So like sometimes people, if someone says, oh, so what do you do? And you're just like, I'm a health coach. And then there's this blank Mm -hmm. look, right? And there's so much advice about how to handle this, you know, what you should say and blah, blah, blah. So what's your take on it? I'm really interested since you were in a position where probably no one actually did know what a health coach was. No, no one had any idea what a health coach was. No one even knew what gluten-free was in those days. But Look, I'm a, I'm a health coach. I work with women on their nutrition and wellness so they can be great role models for their families. So obviously you want to have your spiel. You want to know what that is so you can communicate that. And they say, okay, well, that's interesting. And then it's not about that one liner. It's about what you discuss after. So what you say is if you've got any intuition about what their health issue might be. So you say, so for example, let's say you're overweight. You know, you never lost your weight after your second child. And you've been trying all these different things through the years, but it hasn't worked. So what I do as a health coach is I'll work with you on a really practical plan and keep you accountable so that you can make a change in your health and wellness. And hopefully that'll be a flow on effect that will help your children. Or I might work with a vegetarian who's low in energy and I'll work with them to keep them really accountable so that they're having protein at every meal and they've got you know, they're feeling like they've got enough energy and inspiration to have a healthy diet and lifestyle. Awesome. So you're really tying it back to that specific need for that person rather than saying something generic. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering, you know, the whole situation with the fact that we've got nationalized healthcare and people might not be in, well, do you know what? I actually don't know if I buy this argument, but this is what everybody says is like, well, people Mm -hmm. aren't used to paying for health, but actually people do pay for some health. Like here, people pay to go to the dentist, they pay for massages or they pay for physical therapy sometimes or chiropractors. People do pay for some stuff. But did you find that was an issue like culturally in Australia that people weren't used to investing in their health that you had to overcome that? Look, I'm from New York City. You outsource as much as you possibly can in New York City. So to me, nothing's going to compare to that. So I think as Australians, I think they've outsourced less and less. But look, you know, I mean, I'm sure do you have personal trainers in the UK? Oh, yeah. So it's really the same thing, isn't it? It's really like a personal trainer for your health. I think that's a great way to describe it. I think sometimes we have to be careful not to get, it's easy to use stuff like that to make excuses. And I don't want to say that that it doesn't make it more challenging because there's, we're not used to paying for healthcare, but like, Mm -hmm. really, are you going to let that be the reason that you're not being successful in your business? Like you either- If you want that to get in your way, it will. 
Totally. And if that, if you truly believe that's the situation, then get a different career. I mean, like, honestly, but, you either need to overcome it and move on or like sure. do something else because otherwise it's just yeah. an excuse. Yeah. And look, but I think that also another thing I think that health coaches do is they talk about, you know, like a registered dietitian. And, and, you know, I started to be a registered dietitian. I've done all of the chemistry, biochemistry and physiology and all that sort of stuff. But I think it's really important to understand for us, the difference between what a health coach does, like we work on the really practical stuff. So, okay, you want to start eating some cleaner foods. How is that going to fit into your week, right? You're working, you're traveling, you've got kids. Like, And I think it's about, I call it like when I work with some of my clients, I call it owning being a health coach. So you've got to really understand. And if you are afraid of your knowledge, like not being enough, then, and I say this in the nicest way, then I don't think you truly understand what a health coach does. So I've worked with hundreds of clients and the profound impact they get from like a health coach listening and the impact that they get of, you know, someone paying attention to them and that accountability and drinking more water and eating more greens and eating better grains is such a positive lift that it's not about the molecular structure of ADP or ATP. It's more about the practicality. Does that make sense? Mm, I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. That's something that comes up a lot is, well, maybe should, would some, would the Get client rather degree. see a certified nutritionist or how are we mm-hmm. different than you know, nutritional therapists or whatever it might be? And I, I love that, that you're just basically saying the value of a health coach is about accountability and listening mm-hmm. and especially yep. how, having people make change, mm-hmm. not just about And the that knowledge. supportive, loving environment, you know, loving them up. So yeah, you know, like I had a client come in last week and he says, okay, you know, he he was all shy. And I said, he says, what he goes, where's the scale? I was like, no, I said, I don't even own a scale. I wouldn't be able to weigh you if I wanted to. And I was like, you're an adult. If you want to weigh yourself, you can. I don't necessarily, you know, I don't recommend it to a large degree, but you'll know when you're, you know, when you lose weight, your clothes are going to fit you better. Mm -hmm. And like the relief was just like, whoa. And I'm like, it's a judgment-free zone. I'm here for you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love that. It's so empowering, actually. And we forget, I think, because it sounds so simple. We think, well, it's got to be harder than that. We've got to have to like give them more information. But actually, it's not that it's the basic stuff and actually getting people to take action on it. Yeah. So we've both gone through the IIN program. And it's Mm -hmm. obviously an American program. And I'm just curious, did you have to adapt your approach or how you do your programs or anything for your local market? Or did you find it pretty much worked for you? No, you definitely have to tailor it. You know, I've, um, <laughs> I'm from New York, so anything around the world is going to be a bit more low key. And I don't do an aggressive push. I feel like I want to just give my clients and let's say my Facebook followers, like just good value, some good, honest, healthy recipes and just about being authentic. I think that's kind of the way things are going as well these days, but I've just been like solid, consistent and authentic. And that's kind of how I've put myself out there, which has obviously worked to some, Mm. to a good degree. How long do you feel like it took for you to really have the sense like, oh, this is going to work? Good question. I think the more you work with clients and the more that you see them having great results, that's what boosts your confidence. You know, that whole idea of getting out there and, and seeing clients take one or two on pro bono just to get started because 
really, when you work with a client and you see that amazing difference in their life, like you're just, you're on cloud nine. And then when you're on cloud nine, you're more confident to talk about what you do with more people because you want to see more people have that kind of result. By maybe six or nine months, I would have had like six or 10 clients at that point and worked with them. So I'm like, "Mm, I'm, you know, I'm doing pretty well on this. (laughs) And then consistently going through. So maybe within a year, by two years for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for saying that actually, because I think you can start to get, you can start to get clients right away, but you can't expect it to be a totally full established business within like three months. (laughs) So it usually Mm -hmm. takes a while Mm -hmm. to get your rhythm and get your system down. And yeah. So fast forward seven years now, and there's Mm -hmm. loads of health coaches in Australia. And actually we were just having a conversation here amongst some health coaches I know in the UK that we feel a bit behind here because there's such a culture of health and wellness in Australia that really seems to be booming. And we're Mm -hmm. just (laughs) way behind in the UK. (laughs) It's It's happening here now, but I feel like we're a couple years back. And so you've seen lots of health coaches get started there. And I'm curious, Well, I don't know if I want to ask this in a positive or a negative way. I'm basically curious, what do you do differently than what you see a lot of health coaches that it's not working for doing? I guess, where are they Hmm. making mistakes or what is it that you do that's made you successful? I've just always believed in health coaching. I've just always known that that will have an impact. And so I think if you kind of doubt that, then you'll doubt yourself. I know I bring good value to clients. So whether you charge $1,000 or $10,000, like, you know, I think about like a client that um, came to see me and her mood swings were really high and her relationship, you know, was like, she was talking about getting a divorce and, you know, mealtimes were a battle and she was just stressed out all the time. And we gave her like a more balanced approach to eating and, and a bit of push towards self-care. And she started to take care of herself. And by the time six months was over, you know, her kids were eating new and good foods. Her relationship was much better. She was going on weekly or fortnightly date night and her moods were better. She she wasn't after working late at night because she took a nap during the day. Like everything just kind of flowed for her, you know? And if you think about it, like what's that worth, right? Is that worth a thousand dollars? Is it worth 10? You know, like maybe to save yourself from, you know, heading down to a divorce, maybe it's worth a hundred thousand dollars. But like you've changed her life like forever now, you know, Mm -hmm. she's just got a sense of calm about her. And that was just beautiful. So, again, I think it's kind of about believing in what you can do to other people. But I think there's got to be something else, too. Like you seem like the kind of person (laughs) It's probably the New Yorker in you. You just go out and do it. Right. Yeah. I don't see you as being like very shy. You just kind of go out and approach people about things. I mean, is that true? Did you just feel like you just had to go out and try things when you got started? Like, yeah, I sat there at the gym and I did health histories at the gym and, you know, spoke to everybody that I could at the school. And for me, it was more about having those one on one conversations that kind of connected. So when you meet someone and you're you're sitting at the side of a soccer game and you're talking about you know, they know what you do. And then they, of course, they want to tell you their whole story because this is what you do. So of course, while you're sitting on the soccer game, you want to spend a half hour listening to their experience. And, uh, and then I change the topic and I say, look, I'd, you know what? I'd actually really love to hear more about that. Why don't we schedule a one-on-one so that I can focus really on you without all this noise going on? Mm-hmm. So it's that kind of being, having that little bit of, I'm sure you'll understand this word, chutzpah, you know, to Mm -hmm. put yourself out there and ask for 
the health history. You know, look, of course, some people are going to think that you're, you might be a little bit pious. But I think there is that sense that because you're, you're a health coach, you're you know, into this, you're going to be all pious and judgmental. You know, I can't tell you how many times kids drop my kids, parents drop their kids off. My kids back at me, ooh, you know, I hope they had a lolly. I hope that's okay. And, you know, I'm just not judgmental about that. So I feel like I'm kind of welcoming and open and people don't feel afraid to kind of approach me. Awesome. So seven years ago, like you said, there wasn't really Mm -hmm. social media. You got started very organically. And I know when we were talking Mm -hmm. about marketing in general, you said you've really got this organic approach to marketing. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious Mm -hmm. how your business looks today and what kind of things are you doing? Do you do any digital marketing or is it mainly still in person and just word of mouth? What's that look like? Yep. No, I definitely do digital marketing. So I've learned through the years. I just don't over depend on it, you know, for it. I think it's about, you know, it's about a few different things. You should have a set number of health history appointments that you want to fill every month because that's always going to generate new business. I think it's also really important to network in your community, like with other practitioners. So as doctors are getting more and more on board with an approach, you know, a holistic approach, they'll be more open. So like with a doctor per se, you might get one out of 10 or, you know, maybe one out of five that will sort of be on board with a holistic approach. And the thing is, is that you don't need everybody. You just need a few that can refer some clients to you. So doctors are a great, great referral partner. And then as well as all the other beautiful wellness practitioners, you know, chiropractors, naturopaths, um, you know, kinesiologists that can, we can all support each other because there's kind of a really um, strong movement towards like a team of wellness people that will help you now, you know? Mm -hmm. So the health coach being just one more, like, so for example, my daughter's dealing with a bad asthma at the moment, obviously working with the GP, um, working with a naturopath. And then if I wasn't who I was, I might also hire a health coach to help me apply all that practical, you know, the, from the practical side, everything that the naturopath might get me doing. So the lifestyle stuff, as well as the food stuff. Mm, and I love that nuance that plays into what you said, which is know how health coaching fits into the big picture and where your value yeah. is. And so like, yep just what you explained is like, oh, you don't need to be making all the recommendations. Actually, you can actually no. just implement, help them take action and implement what other health practitioners and their doctors are recommending as well. Absolutely. So if a doctor gets that with blood pressure, you know, there's a couple of choices here. We can give you some medicine, you know, that will help lower your blood pressure, or we can do some lifestyle stuff and, you know, and some food and diet stuff. And my bet would be, let's do both of them at the same time. And so you might start with the medicine and let's do all this good stuff in lifestyle and diet that hopefully we can get rid of that medicine one day. But definitely working hand in hand with the doctor and not trying to, you know, necessarily do it all on your own either. I just want to point out to everybody, because as you were talking, if you just rewind like a minute, what you were saying when you were like, oh, well, doctors are a great referral partner. And you went on about that. And it just suddenly struck me like you you've gone pro in a way. There's this great book by (laughs) Stephen Pressfield going pro, right? And considering yourself a professional. And when I hear you talk about what you do, and I hope everybody out there heard this, I really just want to emphasize this point because I think it's probably one of your keys to success is that you're a professional and you totally get your value. I guess you said that earlier. You Mm -hmm. get why you're valuable. So you'll just approach a doctor almost Mm -hmm. as a peer, you know, as another Mm -hmm. health provider and talk about what you do and talk about make a partnership, how you can help each other. 
And I think there's such a thing like people get really insecure. Oh, well, I don't know. And I, you know, they're not going to want to talk to me. And everyone out there that's a health coach, just rewind and listen to how Marla described that about how she's approaching doctors, because I think you can just hear that confidence and the belief in your voice. And it's Mm. not like trying to sell them on a new concept or (laughs) something weird or pull the wool over their eyes. You're actually just like, look, I help. I'm a professional. This is what I do. Can we work together? Mm -hmm. You make it sound so simple. (laughs) Mm. Well, you're going to support them and make their lives easier. But look, I do want to be clear that not every doctor is going to be open to that approach, right? Mm. But the ones that do will be completely on board. Do you know what I mean? Like some know that that, that's not right. So you've got to be able to deal with that as well. Those doctors that might might not embrace what we do. Cool. Well, we're kind of running to the end of our time together, but I always like to wrap up and ask because I just am obsessed with books and tools and and things like that. So I wonder if there's like a great tool or resource or one of your favorite books that you'd recommend to the other wellpreneurs listening out there. Oh, sure. It's too easy. Do you know Mark David? No. Actually, I'm going to have two. So Mark David's written book called The Slow Down Diet. And he writes about all sorts of beautiful vitamins. So vitamin L for love, vitamin P for pleasure, vitamin O for oxygen, vitamin T for time. And he really kind of helps describe the big picture of health. Mm-hmm. So it's cool. not just what you eat, but how you eat and you know everything about you that kind of affects the big picture of health. Awesome. And then the other one would probably be um, Thrive, a beautiful book by Ariana Huffington. Huffington, yeah. she's, um, you know, started the Huffington Post, but she had a, a health scare uh, probably about five years ago where she w- literally fell on her desk and and hurt her eye. And of course, being as wealthy and you know influential as she was, she went to all the best doctors in all the lands and they couldn't find anything wrong with her. And, you know, she didn't know why she collapsed. And eventually, you know, she said she got really intuitive. And when she thought about it, she was like, I'm exhausted. I'm working 24-7. And so what she's done is she's created a work environment now where there's like sleeping pods where people can take a, you know, a 20-minute nap during the day. And also like where her, even though she works in the newsroom, that people need to, they're like emails won't work from like eight o'clock at night until seven in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, so that they actually really need to take time off. And obviously being from Europe, she knows the four week holiday and how that's meant to be as opposed to, you know, what happens in America. So just, she's just written, she says it a lot more eloquently than I ever could, but you know, it's really nice hearing that from someone as influential as her. Mm -hmm. I love it. Thank you. And I'll put links to both of those in the show notes. So everybody listening, Mm -hmm. you can just tap on the picture of the podcast and it will link you to the show notes so you can go through and, and get those books. Great, Marla. Well, thank you so much for being here. So can you let us know kind of what's next for you and where people can get in touch with you if they'd like to talk with you or learn more about what you do? Well, the first thing is I'll always be a health coach. (laughs) I do love it. I love being able to get really intimate and connect with people on their day-to-day lives. And so health coaching is something that I always will do. I've also get, you know, lots of questions about my health coaching practice and how I've gotten it to where it is. So I do do one of select one-on-one coaching as well. And give us your website. Uh, MarlaBozik.com. Awesome. And I'll link that up too. Thanks so much, Marla, for taking the time to talk with us today. My pleasure. Lovely to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of the Health Coach Careers Podcast. 
If you're thinking about becoming a health coach, don't forget to download my free health coach decision kit to help you decide if health coaching is the right next step for you. Download the decision kit at wellpreneur.com slash decision kit.